amazing I'm the reason Everybody fired up this evening I'm exhausted, barely breathing Holding on to what I believe And no matter what you never take that from me My rain is as far as your eyes Hello and welcome to the best music podcast in the known universe Big Trouble in Little China I am your host, John Lucero. Joining me is my co-host, Brittany Beschel. Hello. Today, we're going to go back in time because music has been a little slow. but And, uh, you know, theme time. So <laughs> we, t- we put our thinking caps together, thought really long and hard, and, you know, didn't just pick the easy way out of going back 10 years <laughs> to, uh, to a decade previously and picking that one. So, we're, But we're going to go to 2008. <laughs> which is a decade previous to this one. Uh, Brittany, 2008's an interesting year in music. And- <sighs> it's one of those things I didn't really realize until yeah. we were going back and scrounging for stuff to talk about from that year. Um, definitely was an interesting year for me. That was the year that I had, like, I was, like, peak trash music taste. Like, I'm talking <laughs> Miley Cyrus, Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, um, The Cab, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, so knowing damn well that I was not going to get John to listen to those, I didn't bother <laughs> picking those for, for track by track or anything like that. Um, also, I'm not sure if I really want to talk about those at length anyway. <laughs> I feel like that would just be a really sad, sad uh, exercise. <laughs> and, I, yeah. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm sure at least one or two people would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's not really enough. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll just leave those 10 years in the past, even though it's still actually kind of unbelievable to me that it's been that long. Yeah, I was a freshman this year. So this is this is like a very uh, big, you know, pivotal point in my musical taste. This is actually when I started getting into hip hop more heavily than I, because I was uh, just growing up. I wasn't around it very much growing up. I mean, and in high school, eventually meet people that listen to different things. And uh, so it, it allowed me to, to get a little deeper into it and learn that it actually is my favorite kind of music. Uh also, I live in I lived in Southern Indiana, so you know, hip hop was not the uh, sound of choice there, and still is not. Uh, but before we go back in time, let's sort of go back in time. Still, I guess um, we're gonna do homework. <laughs> uh, first up, we're gonna go with what I gave Britney uh, because actually it was almost a 2008 album on it by itself. It was uh, came out yeah. in December. It was on the cusp. Yeah, uh, the cool by Lupe Fiasco. What'd you think, Brittany? Um, I as a whole, I was so surprised. Like this isn't at all what I was expecting because I've said it once. I'll probably say it every single episode. I'm not a rap person, so aside from the singles I heard from Lupe here and there, like Superstar, obviously, or Kick Push, I didn't really feel like looking into him that much. But um. Going into this, I still wasn't really expecting too much. Like the the intro to the album was just kind of strange. Um, the message behind it is great. Don't get me wrong, but anything that's kind of like spoken word, yeah, I feel like fu- doesn't. Yeah, I don't feel like it has a place 
in music. I mean, it probably does. It's just not something I'm going right. to actively listen to, you know? I, I mean, rap has a, like, it, its roots are in poetry and spoken word in a way. Uh, it's It became, it was a spoken word over a record at, in the beginning. So, uh, it's not, a spoken word isn't for everyone. I, uh, it's, uh, Baba says cool for thought is this one, right? That's the, I think it's what it's called. Yes. Um, and I, I think it's a very good spoken word. It's not my favorite. Uh, she does another one in uh, the a Roots album, which I can't remember the name, which one it is now. But uh, it's one of my favorites ever, and it's like a super long spoken word that tells a really like vivid story about growing up with him with a terrible father. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, so but yeah, so it's it's a it's a bold choice to open an album with a with spoken word. Yeah, and so I guess between that and um, the first real track, Free Chili, I was just yeah. kind of like, eh. But then Go Go Gadget Flow comes in, <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, literally what the title says, the flow in the song is so good. Like, yeah. I, I just kind of pretended that the last two didn't exist, and I was like, yeah, this is a good start to this album. Like, I just, I pretended that that was the actual start. Um, Because then moving on to the coolest, it just had such a good vibe to it. Like, mm-hmm. The weather has been absolutely terrible. Not going to get into that, but it just really made me wish that it was warm so I could listen to this with like the windows down while I'm driving. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just a very laid back song, and it was a sequel to the Cool from uh, his his first album. And, obviously, uh, I'm unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah, I thought about so I thought about doing the first one, but I think I thought you would like this one more than the first one. Anyway, sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, Superstar obviously recognized it as soon as it started. I I don't know how I forgot the song. I definitely liked it back in the day. It's still a good song now, but it's not really one of the best, which I feel like is always so typical of the songs that are chosen for singles. They're mostly the ones that have like a very catchy hook that people are going to remember forever. And it, it's just, it's about marketability. But, um, then we move into Paris, Tokyo, high definition and gold watch. And I was just like, ah, this is kind of a weak point of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, sure. I, I listened, I listened to it as well as it's, it's homework. Homework's a good excuse to listen to these old albums. Uh, so I've been listening, I listened to it a couple of times actually. And I'm like, as I went through it, I'm like, I know which parts Britney's not going to like. And I was like, this section, <laughs> Britney's not going to like this section, even though I do, I like every song on the album. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess my, my preferences are, are going to be a little, um, predictable with this. Um, but yeah, then you, you move on to uh hip hop saved my life. And I was just like, damn, that flows back again. <laughs> yeah, um, he's, he's had a great flow. It, it just, it made me kind of upset that he wasn't more popular than he is. Like, I think I maybe mentioned this on a previous podcast, how, or maybe just in a conversation with you separately, how he can't even sell out a 400 capacity venue now, which is just insane to me. Um, I don't know if maybe it's because of the way that his music has evolved over the years. Um, it, it was a few things. His follow-up album to this was incredibly disappointing, and it came out a few years after. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was just about a bunch of record label issues and stuff like that. Like his his lyrics never actually uh, went uh, got bad. It was more like the sound around it just didn't work anymore. So it was uh, Tetsuo and Youth is as an album uh, since then that's actually pretty good, but he's never lived up to the cool. So you know that's. It's unfortunate when that happens, but I mean, I feel yeah. like even even when he was, I guess, at the peak of his career, it still wasn't really that big of a deal. Like, I don't know 
if he was really doing any kind of huge headlining tours, you didn't really hear about him too much. But, um, you know, it's whatever. At least we could go back and appreciate it now. And even if it's old, it doesn't mean like, oh, no, I'm upset. I can't go see him perform these things live because obviously I can. And I wouldn't have a problem getting a ticket for relatively cheap. Yeah. But um, moving on, uh, Intruder was just kind of bored with it, to be honest. It's, it's my least favorite song. Yeah. Um, I like the message. I just don't like the song overall. Uh, yeah. I mean, I honestly like, you know, at the end, we always talk about, you know, favorite songs, least favorites. And I didn't really have a whole lot of least favorites. It's just songs I'm not going to actively try yeah. to listen to. And and that was one of them. But uh, then Streets Are On Fire, which ended up being my absolute favorite song on the okay. album. Okay. It's a good, very good song. It's not my favorite. Yeah. It's very I don't good. know. The production on it was just so cool. Yeah, I can't a, really think of a way to describe it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a guy getting high in a car watching a, a city burn down. It's like, I don't know. It's it's really, there's like a haziness to to the track too. And it's, 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 it's hard to explain. It's a very good track. It's uh, definitely one of my favorites on there. Yeah. And then uh, I guess next is Little Weapon, which was also a great song. That's my my personal favorite on the album. I love Little Weapon. Yeah. And that, but then, you know, you have Gotta Eat and Dumb Down, which were two songs that I really was not into. Really? You didn't Um, like, you didn't even like Dumb It? You didn't like, I actually love both those songs. But no, uh, I mean, um, it's going to be a long time until there's a rap album that you present to me where I like every single song on the album. Oh, sure. That's fine. So I feel like, Compared to a lot of other stuff I've listened to, I like a lot of it compared to not liking certain songs. But, um, you know, then Hello Goodbye, which is just also fucking amazing. Like, I love the rock vibes of this. And I feel yeah. like the style of music is not tackled enough. Um, and I feel like maybe if he had done something more with this style, I don't know if he does, because like I said, I'm not really too familiar with his music. I mean... I feel like it would be a great idea if he hasn't yet. It's just not something that's very popular. I mean, would that be called like the rap metal genre sort of? Uh, Hello Goodbye. It would not be rap metal. Um, there, are, it just it just has some rock inspiration in the sound. Uh, it's more more anthemic than anything. It's uh, I I, I love it too. It's uh, I I love how dark the song is. Um, and I I love the uh. The, the bit of a breakdown it has when he speeds up his flow. I love that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. that's probably my second favorite on the album. Um, and then you have the die, which is, it was such a good song. And then all of a sudden there's that stupid outro. And I wish so badly that there was a version of this song that I could like download and listen to <laughs> that doesn't have that shit in it because I'd rather just listen to the song and that's it. I don't want to hear the, the guys like getting pulled over and shit like that. But anyway, um, Put You On Game was another good song. And then the last two, was just Fires in particular is just kind of eh on. And then Go Baby just kind of annoyed me because of how freaking repetitive it was. Um, so, I mean, obviously, that's on my my least favorites list. Um, sure. So, honestly, it's really just that and Intruder that I didn't like. But my favorites are for sure Go Go Gadget Flow, Streets on Fire, um, Little Weapon. Uh, yeah. I mean... It's just all around a good album. I was just so surprised like the first time I listened to it because normally when I'm doing these listens to these albums, I'll give it one listen, try to process it a little bit, go listen to something else, and then I'll come back to it. But for this, I just I had to go right back to the beginning as soon as I was done. 
Oh, that's great. They're great to hear. It's a, it's a very good album. I picked it out because it's important for multiple reasons. First, uh, I think his flow is good, but also, uh, he has a very deliberate flow. That's also, it's always easy to understand what he's saying. And it's also, he doesn't, uh, he speaks, uh, very plainly. I, I don't mean that as an insult in any way. Uh, it's just you, the point of each song is very, is he, he gets it across very well, but he doesn't feel like it's beating you across the head with it either. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you can also hear a lot of inspiration from uh, early Kanye in this album because Kanye was uh, 04 with his first album since 07. And you can definitely hear the Kanye inspirations coming through. Um, and also, if, that, if that's true, then I may not be so apprehensive about listening to Kanye West when you eventually force me to do it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but this album is also important in that it's, it's conscious rap and it, at, at a time, it's just towards uh, towards the end of the Bling era, which I'm going to talk about when we talk about uh, 2008, uh, which is and which was a very pro- a lot of generally considered the worst era of rap music, and with, when rap was mostly about how much money you have and status and stuff like that. And this this showed that you could make conscious rap and also be commercially successful, and it it led and it led to the end of the bling era essentially this is one of the albums that was key leading to, towards the end of it it uh, actually kanye ended the bling era himself actually uh, <laughs> a few years later but uh yeah so and you the, the sound this album doesn't sound and that's why the album doesn't sound incredibly dated there's definitely parts of the album that sound dated and you can tell but it still is easy to listen to today because uh its sounds were taken and involved uh uh, long past its release. So see, but that's that's just one of those things to me where you listen to certain music and you can kind of pinpoint exactly which decade it's from. And I feel like this is kind of indicative of the the two thousands. Um, it just it sounds like it's from when it is. It doesn't have to sound like something modern. And I feel like it definitely has its place. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely sounds like a 2000, 2007 album, but it doesn't but it doesn't sound like it should have stayed in 2007. It sounds like it's it it was forward thinking when it came out. Um so and that's why that's why it's still good today and way better than a lot of albums that came out at the same time. Uh So yeah, I'm really glad you liked it. It's uh, uh I I th- I consider it a very good intro to hip hop album personally. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you're kind of getting the uh, the idea of the type of hip hop that I would be into because your suge- your suggestions have been pretty damn good so far, I'd say. Yeah, I like to think I'm pretty good at judging people's tastes, and for the most part, um, I don't know. I just have a knack for it, I guess. Uh, I guess we can move on to what you assigned me, Brittany. Uh, yes. So. Uh, Unfortunately, when we were picking our homework, obviously it was assigned during the last episode and we didn't have the idea of doing 2008 in mind. Otherwise, I probably would have tried to pick something, which would have been almost impossible considering the lack of content back then, too. (laughs) Um, So what I ended up going with was one of my favorite albums of all time and one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, Futures by Jimmy Eat World. So you want to tell us what you thought about that one? Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because I do like it, um, but it's also one of the albums that I'm like as I listen to it, I'm like I would have liked this a lot when it came out if I listened to it when it came out, uh, because pop punk was you know 
a very big sound for a, sp- a very specific period of time. And that's the time I mean, you and I were growing up. Um, so it has a nostalgic, a, a nostalgic quality for us. I bl- at least I'm going to say for me. I don't know if it necessarily does still for you. Kind but, of. Uh, I mean, because yeah. now that immediately just the first thing you said is just making me think like, oh, maybe do I enjoy this album as much as I do because I've grown up listening to it. And someone who just listened to this album from 2004 now is going to be kind of like, yeah, this was good, but it's not like good for now. Yeah. And I'm going to say that, that uh, it has aged better than some other albums around the time. Uh, it's, it can probably it can probably be up there with uh uh, Enema of the State is that the Blink One Eighty Two album, um, the big one. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it can stand toe to toe with that, and also it's it's a uh, sister album, Bleed American. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, mostly, let's see. I'm pretty sure I heard songs Futures and Work before. I think I'd heard those before, um, and I I liked them. I actually liked every song up until Pain. And I liked Pain. Everything after Pain, though, kind of just blended together for me. That's when it kind of lost the energy I like in pop punk and uh, became they were like ballady and pop punk ballads just have not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but like uh, Future is just a really good, solid opening track. Um, I'd say my favorite. Probably either Work or Pain were my favorite songs. And and pain's definitely the sad song. Just has fucking the title alone, obviously. (laughs) Angsty as shit. Uh, It's so funny because like, even though I listened to this song well before this ever happened, every single time I hear the song, I think about how it was. At least I think it was in the soundtrack of a sadly underappreciated game called Aggressive Inline. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with the skating game. Yeah, the roller skating (laughs) game, my dude. Um. But yeah, that game actually had a fall well, for the time. Exactly. <laughs> a, a decent soundtrack that I really enjoyed back then. But yeah, this song just always makes me think of that game, which is probably super, super weird. But I also have that with the song Just Tonight because that was in the um, the soundtrack of, I think, Burnout 3 Takedown. It was either that or Revenge, but I think it was probably Takedown. Since it was more, of a take, more of a Takedown song. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, apparently Jimmy Roll was like uh, really popular in the game industry back then. <laughs> they, I mean, they were a big band. I mean, I've I listened to them prior. Like they were out of the pop punk bands. They they're definitely one of the bigger ones. Uh, they're not quite Blink, but you know, not no other band really was. But uh, yeah, I I don't have a, I just don't have a lot to say because it just you know it's a pop punk album. It's a good one. It's a very good one. But. Uh, it's just not, you know, it's a sound that I've grown out of. And while I can still sit there and listen to it and enjoy it because, you know, it brings bring me back to being a, a kid and a preteen. Uh, it's just not something I, I, I would put on. Not, I would go out of my way to put on. I would, I would not hate if it was there. But I also wouldn't go, go to, out of my way to listen to it, if that makes any sense, I guess. No, it does. Because that's yeah. kind of like what I was saying about a lot of the... I guess a lot of the albums from 2008, really, because all the stuff from back then, I don't really go back and listen to a whole album in order because I have the tendency, if I'm not crazy about a song, I just delete it from my library. So it was good, you know, especially for this year to go back and and 
I guess, look them up on iTunes or whatever and listen to the full length album because then you could appreciate it in its full form. But I, it's not something I'm going to do on a regular basis. So I, I get it. I guess this could kind of apply for someone who isn't as attached to the album as I am. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't want anyone. To th- also, don't want anyone to think still that I, I didn't like it. It's a good, it's a good album. And if you want to listen to, if you want to go back to a uh, a, a solid pop punk album, this is definitely a good choice. That, and I feel like it's one that might uh, get lost in the shuffle, even though there are songs that I've heard before, so not super lost in the shuffle. But uh, you know, it's a, it's not bleed American, so it's not the fucking Jimmy World album everyone knows. Yeah, I mean, obviously, people are always going to know the middle and yes. uh, probably the sweetness, too. Those two songs are never going away. Yeah, so it was it's it was a nice trip down memory lane, even though we're doing a, di- a different year. But, you know, it's still this, this is just the retro episode. It's just yeah. loosely loosely based on 10 years ago. 10 years ago, <laughs> we're older. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess. I guess it's time to move into the year 2008, Brittany. Let's go. We're moving in the future. This is from 04 to 08. We're going past the cool into the brave frontier of 2008. <laughs> with uh, We're going to start out with an album that I know Brittany got mad at me for suggesting. But oh, my God. <laughs> there, it's Okay. It's The Carter Three. By little by Lil Wayne. I almost said Lil Wayne. Like a white so person. So white of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lil Wayne, he, no matter what you think of him, and I know Brittany doesn't like him, um, he is one of the most influential people in the rap industry in the last decade, uh, probably 15 years, I guess, if you want to consider when he actually got big, big. Uh, his influence can be felt through fashion and, or the way rappers now can like want to be called rap star of uh, rock stars like uh um Lil Uzi Vert or Lil Yachty people like and they're they uh the obsession with tattoos and fucking face tattoos um all we trace back to patient zero Lil Wayne and uh he uh his use of his uh one of the big factors in why auto tune got popular <laughs> he, uh, oh, yeah. he, he brought us Nicki Minaj he brought us Drake he uh, so he and he had crossover success that has rarely been seen before or since like this album the Carter 3 sold uh, is triple platinum and it sold a million in a week so it was the biggest album of the year in terms of sales and multiple um, radio singles, which we'll talk about. And yeah, like I just I feel like you can't talk about this year without talking about Lil Wayne. And is the Carter Three, and I talk about the Bling era. And this is probably the swan song to the Bling era. And it it wouldn't officially end for two more years, but this is like the this along with Kanye's graduation are probably quintessential Bling era albums. I would say. So I guess let's get into it, Brittany. I know you don't have much to say. But, uh, <laughs> Listen, I, I will try my best, yeah. but I feel like it would just be a little repetitive of me to yeah. say exactly what I thought when I was listening <laughs> to each song, but I guess we could get started <coughs> with the wonderful Three Pete. Yes, Three Pete. Uh, it's a very standard Lil Wayne opening song. Um, it highlights his flow, 
which is he has an incredibly varied flow, one of the most natural, you know, in a very lazy flow at times that people people will either love or hate. <laughs> uh, it's like he he lags behind the beat at times, which is really weird and it really throw, will throw your ear off if you if you're following the beat. Uh, but he makes it work. But it also it also highlights the fact that his uh, he's never been the most lyrical guy. He's a punchline rapper, and you know when you're a punchline rapper, and at this point he was starting to run out of punchlines. So <laughs> this is uh, so you know they're they're gonna hit and they're gonna miss, and he's gonna say them with such gusto and he like he and he like he thinks it's the funniest shit in the world every time he says it. And I think that's what makes it okay for me is that he's just so he says everything with such confidence. And I, that even if it's dumb shit, I'm like, all right, it's whatever. It's just Lil Wayne. Um, When the song started, I was just thinking, like, I feel like John could probably imagine me, like, sitting at work already in a bad mood as it is because I'm where I am. But then just letting out, like, the longest groan as I succumb (laughs) to listening to exactly what I hate about rap music. Yeah, it's it's just a very Lil Wayne. This is a very... um, stereotypical Lil Wayne song and it has it's mo- it's just him rapping uh it's not it's, it's not gonna wow you at all in my opinion I don't think uh I don't know anyone that says three Pete's one of the best Lil Wayne songs but you know it's also a pretty classic start to a uh a third a third album or a later album of like just you know bragging about how far you've come in rap so Although the rappers like to brag about that when they in their first album, which always annoys me. Don't don't brag about being successful in your first album. It's your first <laughs> fucking album. <laughs> don't, you're not that, you're not that successful yet. Uh, up next is my favorite song on the album, Mr. Carter. One of my favorite Lil Wayne songs, actually, because I think it highlights everything I like about Lil Wayne. Uh, I like the weird chorus, the like weird. Not quite chipmunky, more like just really high pitched chorus to it. I really like it. I think it works for me, the hook and the chorus and hook. Um, I think Lil Wayne is that is is uh, pretty on point throughout the song lyrically. He's and Jay he stands toe to toe with Jay Z, who who's uh, sort of passing the torch to him at this point. Which even though they don't really like it, they didn't really like each other that much at this point in time. So I don't. For me, it's just kind of like it's 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 competent Wayne going toe to toe with Jay-Z with a great hook and chorus. And I just, I love this song. I listen to it anytime, any, any day of the week. I love it. So I'm actually just kind of surprised that of all the songs that were on here, that Mr. Carter was your favorite. Cause it was one of the songs that I just heard and was just like, what the fuck? Like just as a continuation from the first one, I was just still not thrilled about listening to it. Fair. Yeah, I don't know. I, I the thing is, I also have to remember, and I keep forgetting that we do not have the same taste in music. Like, even if I can listen to some rap, but you can listen to some of the stuff that I listen to. Like, we don't always necessarily like the same songs. So, yeah, this this is just in my mind what I like out of Lil Wayne. You know, so uh, you just I, I like a song that highlights how great his flow is, and I think he has one of the one of the best flows one of the better flows of all time. I love his flow and I, it's a love it or hate it one. And I love it. So I also came to love it uh, later in life. So, you know, uh, he has a very, he has a very annoying, easily anno- annoying voice. If you don't, if you don't get, uh, if you don't just buy into it. So, uh, next up, 
probably the quintessential Lil Wayne song in terms of just like, you know, the one that people remember. It's this one or one later in the track track list, uh, a Millie, which is which is a huge radio single. I'm I can almost guarantee you've heard this song before, Brittany, before listening to that. Yeah, one. Yeah, I, I I did unfortunately, and this <laughs> yeah. song just gets irritating to listen to after about ten seconds. So see, and this song is actually it's it's kind of unique in that it was a radio hit without a actual hook or chorus to it. It's mostly just him rapping. Like the Amelie, Amelie is the beat and he kind of raps over the entire time and there's no, which is it. like, if you think about like radio music, like that's pretty rare for, I don't remember the last time that happened where a, just a straight up rap song became popular. He, like he was able to satisfy rap fans and radio fans with this song, which is very hard to do. So, and I know you don't like it, <laughs> but it's it they it was it the song the song was huge, and I think it's aged pretty well honestly. Like if it came out today, I don't think it I'd bat an eye. Uh, I think it would I think it would still be popular today. Uh, maybe not as popular, but I think it still would be liked. Uh, so there's that. Uh, people, next up, people like repetition now anyway. So yeah. I mean that totally makes sense. Uh. Yeah, it's and a lot of lists of when they're ranking Lil Wayne songs. This is as usually number one is Amelie, and I think they take take into account quality, uh, impact, and stuff like that. So, and that's a song. Amelie is everyone knows Amelie. As soon as you hear it, you're like, oh my god! Either you're like really upset or you're really into it. So, <laughs> uh, up next we got Got Money uh, with T Pain, Mister Auto Mister Auto Tune himself. Uh, this is a very this is a bling rap era s song. Like it sounds dated as fuck, in my opinion. But strangely enough, this is like one of the songs that I actually found kind of fun. Yeah, I did, it's not it's it's not a bad song. It was also a radio hit, which may, it would make sense if you listen to it by this the sound. Um, I just think that uh, it's it's very catchy and the auto tune a lot of auto tune. Um, this is, you know, this is Lil Wayne bringing auto tune into uh, the into pop culture, into the uh, music fold. You know, just um, this along with uh, 808s, which came out this year. You know, big factors in why auto tune is so popular now. Uh, next, I've next we got uh, "Comfortable," just a cheesy ass love song. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of like the production on it, but yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's pretty I, much it. I think this album's production overall is is really good, and it holds up. And it was pretty, it was forward thinking enough at the time to where I think a lot of a lot of songs hold up still. So, you know, you I I don't know if you're gonna even give me that one, but I think I think production wise, this whole album is very solid. Uh, but Lil Wayne love songs are always incredibly cheesy. I think it's the one where he says he wants to treat you like a souffle or something like that. <laughs> Um, uh, Dr. Carter's up next. Uh, I like the concept of the song. It it doesn't wow me at all, but it's good. I think uh, he has multiple flows in it, which I like. Uh, the I think he his verses are pretty good. Uh, it sounds like an older like the concept sounds like an older rap song. As someone who's listened to a lot of rap, uh, like kind of the uh, he's a doctor here to here to fix rap and uh, artists. So. 
it's all I, it's all I really got to say about that one. I don't know if you have any, anything to say about it, but uh. <laughs> 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 sorry, that was kind of like involuntary. <laughs> was it? Was it? <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, all right. Up next, we have phone home. I'm gonna, Brittany. What did what did you think of phone home? Ah, God. Like I feel like. I'm getting repetitive saying that I'm getting tired of songs being so <laughs> repetitive because that's what the song was. Like, that's the only thing that I could take from it was that it was just very, very grating. Like it's the type of thing that if it was on and I wasn't like actively listening to it and I was just doing other things, I would finally realize probably about three minutes into the song, like, Oh fuck, that's what's been pissing me off. And I couldn't figure <laughs> out what it was. Phone home. Oh, yes. Uh, oh my yeah, god. Yeah. I've never liked the hook to this song. I don't like the song. Um, I think there are some good verses and lyrics in here, but this is also uh, one of the first uh, instances of Wayne uh, insinuating he's an alien, which would become big things in later albums. <laughs> but but uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you look at him like I, I could agree. He's probably an alien. <laughs> Uh, of next, uh, tie my hands, which I think, uh, in terms of just times Wayne has tried to say something with the music, I think it's very successful. I, it's one of the few songs like about Katrina, especially in a, and about New Orleans in the struggles of New Orleans. I think Robin Thicke does a good job on the hook here. Uh, I like this. I like the song a lot. It works for me. Yeah, this is one of the songs I didn't really hate as much. Um, it seemed like this was kind of veering into the R&B style, which obviously I don't like. So I feel like it's almost not saying much saying that I didn't hate the song. Um, so sonically, not really my favorite, but lyrically, I feel like it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I do. I do think he kind of carries his weight with the lyrics here. On the, on, <coughs> he picked a very uh, serious subject and I think he did a pretty good job. So. Uh, especially for Lil Wayne. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Officer's up next, and this is the song that's literally about him getting pulled over and having sex with the officer that pulled him over. <sighs> wee, 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 wee. I hate this song, man. No, uh, so I, I'll this, go ahead and say it because I hope that you think the same thing that I do. It's That hook is terrible. Yes. Yeah, that hook is so bad. I don't dislike the song that that much up until that hook. Like I, I think it's a dumbass concept, but it's it's, it's Lil Wayne, so it's like yeah, you know, whatever. It's to be expected almost. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah, that I can't get past that. Like I don't know if there's an enjoyable song underneath the fucking constant <laughs> wee wee wee. Like I don't want to hear that. Was that was pretty good. That was pretty good actually. That was, almost sounded exactly <laughs> like it. <laughs> uh, I'm for hire, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> to do uh, Miss Officer uh, covers. Yeah, literally <laughs> just that. I mean, Lil Wayne cover band. I guess I could just pop in for one song and get the fuck out. All right. Um, let the beat build. Kanye actually did the beat for this one. Um, uh, I liked it. I think. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about just because I'm looking at my notes where I just kind of wrote like a very exaggerated like whoa like I'm like just just the way that it's typed out is just making me think of the song. It was driving me fucking crazy. Like it sounds like somebody's just falling down an eternal pit the whole time the song is going on. Like I was I was so confused listening to it. It's uh 
and I, I like the production of the song. I don't actually, I think Wayne actually uh, underperforms the song. I think he, I think his lyrics kind of cold the song back out um, from what it could be. You know, the let the beat build concept uh, is cool. And I don't think he quite matches up to it. It's not a bad song for me, but uh, not as bad as for Britney, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> <coughs> it was one of those songs, like I definitely hated it, but it like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but once in a while I'll come across a song that is absolutely God awful, but I, well, obviously you have, we've sent bad songs to each other, but I just love it because of how stupid it is. Like how ridiculous it is. Like if it, if it makes me laugh, then I kind of will give it a pass on not being a great song. Sure. That was, that was kind of the case with that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, next shoot me down. Uh, this is also probably veering into the R and B territory. Uh, it's very, very uh, hazy, like, please don't shoot me down, because I'm crying. And I think, but I also think Wayne has a nice sinister tone to his voice that he doesn't usually have. It's It makes the song seem darker. Right, uh, and you know what? This this is another one of the songs that I actually liked, and I thought, like, I felt like it was very simple and mellow, and it was a style that actually really suits Lil Wayne, but I know it's not popular, and it's not going to stick. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, I like the song. There, it's kind of like I'd be in a mood for this song sometimes. Sometimes it, if I if I listen to it, which I haven't listened to the album in a very long time, I just put that out, out there. This is the first time I listened to it in a while. I did it a few times, but one of those songs, like sometimes I'll be like, I fucking love this song. Other times I'm like, eh, it's just you know, it's a mood song. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, here's the other big single that you've probably heard before. Uh, lollipop this is like i, I, I think oh, go ahead. i feel go ahead. i feel like i i i should have known this song because i feel like the lyrics were very familiar but at the same time when i think about like song about lollipop i think about the song lolly that justin bieber featured on like a few years back like i don't remember this but i was really surprised when i listened to this song that i actually kind of liked it it's super like synth. It, yeah, no, this song is super synth heavy, which I'm like, I think Brittany might like this because yes. like, it's super synth heavy. Uh, it kind of sounds like you're in a space club getting it on with an alien. It's kind of like what the vibe of this song is. It's really weird. Like it's, it's, it's super ahead of its time. Like it was in the, you know, like, you know, I think if it came out today again, like, like a Millie, it would still be pretty popular. So it was, this was a big, big uh, part. This, I think this is one of the, biggest examples of uh why autotune got popular again uh i love the mixing of the vocals on this song i think it's a little too long for its own good i think if it should cut off a minute of the song <laughs> i think it'd be perfect uh, i don't think it's bad i don't think the other minute's bad i just think like for for like because it's not a very it's not necessarily definitely not a lyrically dense song by any sense of the word uh, it's, this is using this song for the vibe and like the the mixing and the uh, the layering of the of the synths and stuff. <coughs> uh, but it's a it's a damn good song, <laughs> especially for a radio song. Like it's I think it's I was surprised by how much I still like this song. Honestly, when I listened to this, I was like, this is. I, this I was surprised at how much I liked it at all too. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I guess I understand. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, this was one of the ones. I'm like, this song is gonna sound like a 2008 S song, and it totally doesn't. It sound, it sounds. It still way, sounds modern. Yeah, which is super impressive. 
<laughs> up next, we got Lala, which has got a very strange nursery rhyme beat to it. <laughs> I, kinda, so wait, I, I just want to ask you real quick. So I imagine that when you told me that we were going over this album, you probably just assumed that I was going to like straight up hate it and just be like, oh, maybe like a couple songs here, hate the rest of it. But in reality, I found myself laughing so much while listening to this. And this song in particular is one that cracked me up right from the start, like the music and the la la la's in the background. It sounded, it it reminded me of music from this Rugrats video game I played years ago, I think on the original (laughs) PlayStation. I don't know if you know what the game is that I'm talking about. There's like a level where you have to collect Easter eggs. And I feel like this was the exact music that was played (laughs) during that mission. Like I I need to go back and find this. I'll look for it afterwards on this and I'm going to send it to you. And hopefully. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I do like this song. I think, I think uh, the guest verses like from Busta, Busta Rhymes aren't as good as I was. I want them to be, but it's, it's just an example of how fucking how much fun Lil Wayne has when he makes music. Like, you know, like you said, you laughed a lot during the, during this album because it's so it's he probably goofy. had a hell of a time making yeah. it. So it's goofy <laughs> as fuck. So like uh, and I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit more in a, in a bit about the make about making this album. But uh, oh, boy. OK, uh, <laughs> uh, up next. Pussy Monster. I want you to, to tell me what you think of the song, Brittany. Gross. No, absolutely not. That's I just no. <laughs> This is uh, also started Wayne's obsession with oral sex. Uh, I don't want to hear about him doing anything of the sort. Honestly, it it just uh, I feel like it it could dry up an ocean. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, I feel like I don't. I never want any artists to do these kind of songs. I don't. It just I don't want to hear about your sex like your sex life like that. Like in that in cupcake. That, yeah, that in depth, and even that was still cringing. It was just yeah, you know, true. It, 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 I think it just went so far in one direction that it eventually worked. Kind of like, you know, why Lil Wayne's punchlines are so bad that they still kind of work because they go f- so far f- towards stupid that they come back. Um, uh, I, I love his flow on the song a lot. I just wish I wanted to listen to the song. <laughs> it's just I, I, just don't enjoy listening to it. Otherwise, I. If it was, I wish it was about something else because so I could just enjoy it. But I can't. <clears throat> uh, but next we got "You Ain't Got Nothing," which I also think sounds very uh, 2008. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like his, I like Lil Wayne's hook. Like, you're getting money like a motherfucker. Yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, the verses uh, don't really do anything for me. It's just a whatever song in my mind. So. It's just got like those droning synths in the background too that are just too yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, and then don't get it, which I, I listened to this. I'm like, oh right. And I was like, oh, Brittany's gonna be hate me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it was too late. Like, what am I gonna do? Go back and be like, fuck, it's uh, Tom Morello. I actually, actually like the, the sample in the verse and his verse a lot on the song, and I wish that was just the song, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately. For the its song is about ten and a half minutes, I think. Nine and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half, one of those. And for the last seven minutes of the song, literally I think seven minutes, uh, he goes on a incredibly drug-induced rant about whatever comes to mind. Um people going to prison, again sentenced to prison for way way too long for drug for dealing like marijuana and shit like that. Uh Al Sharpton. Um 
I forget everything he talks about. It's just like, and while I respect that he wants to, talk, he tries to talk about that stuff. He doesn't go deep enough on any of it. Like he just, it just becomes rambling and none of it works. And like, I, I get nothing deep out of this thing. And, uh, it's just a disappointing way to end the album is someone who likes the album. It's very, it's, and I can imagine that someone who didn't like it, listening to this for seven minutes uh i'm gonna be honest with you i i I didn't finish the song and when i went to listen back to the album the second and the third time i didn't even bother trying to listen to it again i just couldn't yeah i listened to uh it all the way through the first time and then i just listened to the actual song part and then skipped and it was done whenever i get to whenever i get to it but yeah that's uh that's the carter three Brittany. um this is this was kind of this was peak of Lil Wayne's popularity and also kind of his last big, kind of like the end of it. Uh, it was kind of all downhill after this. He, uh, his, his drug habits, which, which helped him be successful up to this point, got too extreme. It started to affect his music in a very obvious way. Uh, the Carter Four had a few hits on it, like uh, Six Foot, Seven Foot. Uh, which I don't like that. I don't like that much. It's, uh, but it also sounded kind of like just a carbon copy of this album. Just with, you know, like each album, like it's there's like stand-ins for every song from the Carter three on the Carter four, I felt like, and then like getting into I am not a human being albums and him just like, like talking about like nothing but sex and drugs and just sound and like his losing his ability to write any form of lyrics. Like it just, it was kind of sad, you know, just how, to go from like positive, arguably the biggest name of the music industry at the time, like at least, definitely in hip hop, like hip hop wasn't as popular then as it is now. Uh, but he was definitely, he was, he was up there. Like, you mean it's album, a million in a week is, is a million in a fucking week. So yeah, it's a million. Yeah. That's a million. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of sad as someone who, likes his older stuff and also up to the from oh in between the carter 2 and 05 to this in 07 uh, i mean 08 sorry uh so for that two-year period he released hundreds of songs in multiple mixtapes and they were almost all well received like he was it was one of those prolific times for a rapper ever just in terms of output and quality of output uh like a mix his mixtape and the, and there are multiple mixtapes that were made from leaked songs from the Carter three. He had to push back the Carter three because songs leaked and he left, he put those on other mixtapes and then added new songs to the Carter three. Cause the Carter three was supposed to and be released in December of 07 as well. Like the cool was, but it got pushed to June eventually. So like just the amount of song and he usually would, he, he didn't write his songs. Like he usually performed them in the booth as, as, as the beat was playing. So, you know, that's, that leads to, you know, lack of lyrical depth. You know, not everyone's Tupac. Not everyone can do that and be lyrically deep. Uh, so, uh, but, he, and like I said, his influence can be felt throughout the industry still to this day. Like, I mean, he made Drake. Like, how many big, how many artists are bigger than Drake? I don't like Drake. I've never liked Drake, but I can't, I can't deny how popular Drake is. He made Nicki Minaj. Uh, he didn't, he didn't quite, uh, Kanye helped with that one too. But 
uh, with one, you know. So I thought it was important to give you an idea of Lil Wayne at this time. Before he just fades into oblivion. Yes. Uh, He's actually made a bit of a comeback lately. It was kind of, he's had some really good verses the last couple of years as a fan. So it's been, it's been nice, but yeah. I mean, honestly, good for him. I don't think he's like a terrible person or anything. I feel like he probably, any of the qualms I have with him are probably just related to his drug use and everything, especially knowing damn well that he has epilepsy and he shouldn't be doing these things. Like it just kind of makes me lose respect for a person when they don't try to take care of themselves. But I mean, if he's, if he's doing better and he's making a comeback, like good for him, just do it. You know, you have fans waiting on you. So why not? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say. Lil Wayne. I know we've talked a lot about this album. It's it's, it's a long album too. So I felt bad doing like you listen to it because it's also very long. But uh, it's all right because I feel like the album that I suggested was a little long too. Um, so obviously, the album that John picked is wildly popular. It had massive sales. Unfortunately, I didn't really do the research on this one to find out sales to compare. But I wanted to go with something a little more obscure, um, especially because the stuff that was more popular at the time that I liked <laughs> is not the type of stuff that I really want to talk about in length too much on this show. So, um, (laughs) so I recommended, um, the debut album by the band Foles called antidotes. Um, yeah, so let's, let's just jump right into it. Uh, with song called the French open. Um, I feel like it's just kind of funny that the word open is in the name of the title, because I always think that this is just such a good open to the album. Like I just love the groove on it. I no idea what they're saying for obvious reasons, but I still dig it. <laughs> yeah. I love the bass line of the song. I love drum and bass. It's that's where the hip hop, you know, that hip hop taste comes into play. And this has this really good bass line. They lay they layer instrumentals in at just the right time to like build up the energy of the song. And like you said, and I also have the vocals are very of the time indie rock in my mind. Uh they are very hazy, hard to understand. And, but the instrumentals are so good most of the time that I didn't care. Um, yeah, this song is very good. I like this song a lot. It's a very good opening. And then, uh, I guess from there we move on to Cassius. Um, lyrically it's, it's pretty repetitive, but it's still interesting in its content and how it's simultaneously a song about, um, Cassius Clay, um, AKA Muhammad Ali, as if he's a second person in the same body. (laughs) And, uh, and also Cassius, who um, I guess instigated the murder of Julius Caesar because he was he's pretty much the definition of two faced. Yeah. Um, so basically two different cases of being two faced. Very different, obviously, <laughs> especially considering, you know, just one is about getting someone murdered. One's literally just a, a moniker that someone's using for their career. Yeah, I. Uh... I I love Mike Muhammad Ali, one of my favorite people in all of all time, just general in general. So I appreciated that in the Cassius Clay reference. Uh, I like the keyboard in this, and it also this this is might sound like an insult. I don't find it. I don't necessarily consider it one. It sounds like a song I would find on the playlist of a Madden or baseball game. Like, and I think that 
makes that uh, makes more sense than I think about it because of the Muhammad Ali um, connection that it has. See, a very... but I don't I don't take that as an insult at all. Anyway, because a lot of the artists I listen to and a lot of my favorite songs have actually discovered from things like. <laughs> the NHL soundtracks or mostly the FIFA soundtracks because those are always pretty damn good. So I feel like that's actually a pretty nice comparison. Yeah. Uh, and I like the heavy guitar riff towards the end of the song kind of gives it a good second win for like the last minute of it. Uh, I like that. Uh, this is another one, of, another one of my favorite songs on this, uh, on this uh, album. So, and then next we have red Sox. Pugie, I think, because it's pugilist, I think is what it's coming from. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to pronounce that, so I wasn't going to try. Thank you for picking that up, though. Um, yeah. The instrumentation here is definitely the star, with the um, the lyrics just kind of being like a cliche type of thing about how love and feelings can make you kind of irrational. Like, I do particularly love this line, the line, though, oh, hell no, we should, or oh, hell, we should have said no. Um <laughs> It just it just kind of makes me laugh. Like it's just a complete line of regret. Um, but it's just another really, really fun song. Like I feel like this whole entire album as a whole, like, there's not really a whole lot of songs that I don't like. They're all pretty damn solid. Uh yeah, I, I agree for the most part. That uh they're mostly solid. Um this one uh is pretty is, is decent. Uh I like the uh, again, like the emphasis on, emphasis on drums. Uh, I think the song is a bit too long for my taste. Uh, I think the vocals are what create make these songs feel too long. The ones that do, they just kind of bore me vocally. That's what. But the instrument instrumentation is generally so good that uh, I don't, I didn't care too much. Um, I just like in, I just liked listening to the beat of the song. Uh, but yeah, it's not not a bad song. Up next, we have Olympic Airways, and um, the guitar in this is so weird and different. Um, I think it's sort of like harmonics being played through most of the song. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it at all. Um, it's just so weird. It's a style I feel like isn't really used very often. And I feel like that's kind of a common theme here, too, is a lot of the instrumentation is not something that you hear very frequently, especially at this time. Um, again, like you said, the vocals are definitely of the time and I feel like they haven't aged too well, but the instrumentation is just so good here. And it's so weird for me to say that considering I'm someone that doesn't really like to listen to, um, just instrumentals. I I have to have vocals and lyrics behind it, but this is one of those albums where I kind of like can put that to the side, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this, this one, uh, you mentioned the harmonics. Yeah. It's like a nice echo to the, uh, to the string section and stuff. I think that's what you're talking about, sort of. Uh, I think there is a little bit of vocal variety in this one, actually, compared to the previous few songs. Uh, there's a guy, I like the chant in this song, and uh, just, you know, just continuing that layering of instruments that I really, I really, really enjoyed. So, so far, you know, I'm digging it. Like, just, just sonically, just really liking it. Next up, we have Electric Bloom, and uh, I, I tried to kind of analyze the lyrics to the song, and it was pretty impossible, but I guess it doesn't matter because it's not like you need to know what every song means anyway because I feel like sometimes songs are written without actual meaning. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, there's no way I am listening to the stuff that's on the radio <laughs> now, but um, I just find the lyrics and the phrasing to be kind of haunting in a way. It was a really super weird track. Yeah, I like the hook in this song, actually. Uh, other than that, 
not much to say. It it was it, uh, I didn't hate it, didn't love it, just pretty good. So you know. Uh, and yeah, then we so. have um, we have balloons where I just thought the grooves on this thing are so freaking good. And I'm not normally one for horns and music because it always just feels kind of out of place to me. Like I feel like. It, in modern music, they don't really have a good place. And I know that's terrible for me to say because I'm probably wrong. It's just not to my taste, but I feel like it's integrated so well into this music. Yeah. It's like, it's like so far this album has been very playful with this, with with, the, with this music. And uh, I've it's just kept my ear constantly uh, perked up in, in like listening to what they're going to do next. Um, but I have written down here, the song, like the vocals are really starting to get to me. At this point, <laughs> so but instrumental still carry me through up until now. So, all right, uh, then we have Heavy Water, and I love this song, especially when the commanding this, drums this come song, in. The song is really good, I like the song. <gasps> I know, yeah, yeah, there's just for some reason, I, I kind of have this. I don't know if it's a problem, but I have this thing where I listen to music and I have to kind of like picture myself in certain situations with it sometimes. Sure, and with this one, I just think about like. Being in New Orleans, just marching down Front Street to this freaking song, like yeah, the trumpets are so, so good. good. Yeah, the trumpets are great. Uh, I, I love the uh, the synth. They kind of gave it gave it like a sounds like a heavy drip. You know, with the theme of the heavy water, it feels like a heavy drip uh, throughout the song that I really, 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 really liked. Just for, keep it for the theme of the song, uh, and they also like mix that sound into the other instruments too, like. To, to create like almost like a heavy rain kind of sound. Uh, and the, like the heavy drums and cymbals at the end are great. Trump, like I said, the trumpet's fantastic. The song just sonically is fucking great. It's really good. Um, it probably my favorite on the album. Probably. It's definitely on my list of, uh, of favorites. Um, next up we have two steps twice, which is probably my least favorite on the album. Um, it's one that when I'm not listening to the whole album, I don't typically have in my library because if it comes on, I'm just going to skip it every time. Cause if it is on, I just kind of check out when it is. And it's the same thing too. Like I said, with, um, God, I forget which song it was at this point. Um, when it's finally over, I realized what it was in the background that was really annoying me. And it felt <laughs> like it had been going on for ages. Like this song feels like it's so freaking long. Uh, I actually, I, I actually kind of like this song. I think it's more the, the, the concept of the song. I like, I like to keep everything in the song at like a one, two, one, two to go along with the two steps kind of, kind of idea. Uh, I don't know if that's entirely true. I'm not, again, I'm not a music major or anything. I'm not, I don't, <laughs> so I don't necessarily always know the rhythm and stuff of, of instruments, but uh, that's what it felt like in my mind. Uh, this is, but this is also probably the last song that I actually really liked on the album. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, um, I feel like this is the last time it felt the album felt like it was um, experimenting and trying new and trying different things in my for my ears at least. Right. But, yeah. One of one of the things I'm a little concerned about. So if there's a couple songs that I do mention that you haven't heard, just let me know because I know that iTunes has the tendency to have bonus tracks that maybe aren't on Spotify. Okay. Um, Next, we move on to Big Big Love, and um, I felt like the instrumental started off so strong here, but then the song just quickly fell flat with the boring lyrics and the even more boring delivery, and it's another one that's just kind of 
way too long for me. Yeah, uh, to me, this song sounded like it'd be the background music of a really sad scene in a teen drama. Like, the, <laughs> like <laughs> that's, someone that's dr- not ever really yeah. a good thing. Yeah, like it, 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 it I really, it's, the song, no, it doesn't work for me. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could probably go through the next few pretty, pretty quick. Um, cause this is sort of like the point where the album just, just kind of like falls flat a little bit. I agree. Um, so, I mean, like swimming, there's not really a whole lot to say about that interlude. I don't know if you thought anything about it. Um, I found it unnecessary. <laughs> uh, there is kind of a beat shift at the end that leads into the next song, which is kind of nice. Uh, if I, I think I'd like it more if I actually like the next song. Oh, Tron. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, that's actually a song that I really do like, and I'm not really sure why. Because, um, I mean, I even wrote down that I absolutely love the song for no good reason. I think I, I find the vocals really annoying in this song, and I think that's what kills it for me. So... Yeah, I, I think it's also it could also be a case of by the time you get to this song, listening to this album in order, the vocals are probably something you don't really want to listen to anymore. Yeah. Um, feel, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm used to hearing this song like once in a while on shuffle. So it's not just really in the mix of like all the really like, uh, 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 like, you know, just the very drony vocals that kind of can drive you crazy after a while. Um, and then the next two songs, I don't know if you had the chance to listen to Hummer and Mathletics. I did. I did. Okay. Um, so Hummer is one that I'm actually a pretty big fan of. And I was wondering why it was a bonus track. Cause I feel like it's one of the most fun songs on the album, you know, uh, and it technically isn't even on it. Yeah. I, I, the instrumentals in production almost saved this song for me, but the vocals again, I'm just tired of the vocals at this point. Um, I like the bit of electronica or in like techno that they mix into this song. Yeah, I think that's why I it kind of perked my ears up a bit. Um, this was almost a song I, I really liked, but in the end, I think it was just um, okay. And then what uh, did you think about Mathletics? Um, uh, one note I have here is they've, worn, they've just worn my ears out at this point with their sound. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's, uh, this I, song, I totally get it. it it's, yeah. it's probably a good thing that these two songs are bonus tracks. Um Cause I guess, like you said, at this point, when you're listening to this album, you don't really want to, you want to listen to something a little more clear <laughs> after yeah. a while. Yeah. I didn't even know these were bonus tracks. So, um, cause I was going to say, I feel like they should have just cut a few songs out of this album, but knowing that those are bonus tracks, um, in that case, I only truly, truly dislike one song. Uh, I'll, the interludes, whatever it's an interlude. So, um, Actually, two songs, Big, Big Love and Tron. So, like, the end of the album is just really weak for me. But even, again, like I said, even though the vocals I'm not a big fan of, like, it's just, this is just a fun album to listen to if you don't, like, with just, like, ignoring the vocals. It's, like, just, it's really, it's really good background music, too, for doing stuff. It's just, because... Uh, it, it, it's the layering I think that keeps that just keep, keeps the song interesting. And then most of them, most of them do not overstay the welcome to me. So yeah, it's, it's a really, really good album. Uh, the vocals kind of keep, kind of uh, keep it from sounding a little more fresh, a little more uh, timeless, but it's, it's playful. And I like that a lot. So I can, I can kind of understand that though, because I feel like one of the issues that you could have is, um, learning the names of the songs. Like if a song comes on, are you going to be able to say, Oh yeah, that's, um, 
two steps twice or whatever, you know, I feel like yeah. it, it would take some learning just because they, they kind of all sound similar in a way. Like it is a very, it's a one note album, but in a way that's, that it actually serves its purpose. Um, I, I just think it's very fun sort of take on like a modern ish ska punk type thing. Um, not that I really feel right mentioning punk, but this is much more than just kind of a standard rock album. Um, yeah. I feel like it's kind of really close to, um, something maybe RX bandits would do. Um, and this is by no means like Foles' best album. Um, it's still just a really great one. And I feel like it has to be listened to as a whole in order to appreciate it. Um, cause I don't really find myself listening to too many of the songs one off. Like I do with a lot of Foles other music. Um, and then, of course, you know, obviously, it's really just my favorite ones I listen to and just like rotation with all my other music all the time, which would be, I guess, Olympic Airways, um, Hummer, Tron and Heavy Water. I think those are my favorites on here. I would give favorites uh, French Open, Cassius and Heavy Water as my overall favorite for sure. Um, just a really, really cool song. Uh, I don't think we did for our last album. I guess the Carter three favorites were Mr. Carter, Amelie, Tie My Hands, and Lollipop. Just to get that out I, of the way. I thought I did list my favorites. Yeah. yeah, I think you I think you might have as we were going along, but uh just like list wise. That's what that's those are those are the ones that I picked out, even though I like most of the album overall. But uh Yeah. Uh so that's kind of our tr- track by track, I think, Brittany. Yeah. So not, uh, I enjoy both albums. I know you only liked one, but, uh, what are you going to do? So I, see here, like, like I said, there were a few parts of the Carter three that I did like, but I think it was just the comedic part of it. And I'm not even sure if that's intentional. I know that Lil Wayne's an artist that doesn't take himself too seriously. So maybe it, it was, um, but the songs that I had fun with and laughed about, I feel like, he probably had a really good time making them. So it, it makes you appreciate it a little bit, I think. So it's not like I, I had a complete hell of a time <laughs> getting through this album, like just drudging through it. But um, yeah, for, for obvious reasons, I, I definitely prefer the Foles album. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, I overall like that. I was a little worried you know, going into a 2008 alt rock album. But uh, I liked it. It it gave me some arcade fire vibes too. And, and as a uh, as a big fan of one of their albums, but uh, that was and this is the one that it sounds like. So I uh, I I was able to enjoy it more. Also, and again, Heavy Water is a dope ass song. So it is. It really yeah, is. yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about 2008 in a little, a little uh, in a little quick hits kind of format. You know, just the. The the year of music that it was, you know, outside of these two, uh, two albums that uh, touched us personally, and so as we went back and, and as Brittany Brittany initially suggested the year, and uh, as I went and just quickly googled 2008 in hip hop, uh, I was instantly reminded that it wasn't the strongest year in hip hop. <laughs> it's, uh, especially for, uh, music that I would want to even suggest Brittany listen to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, and I saw the Carter three there. I'm like, there's no way I can have Brittany listen to this. And I told her that we might have to pick a different year unless you want to listen to the Carter three, because I wasn't ready for her to listen to Kanye yet, especially not 
the album that came out this year. That's not definitely not the first one you should listen to. <laughs> um, but she's a she's a trooper, and she said she'd do it. So, and there we go. But I, I just felt like it was funny considering literally on the previous episode I mentioned that I really don't like Lil Wayne. Yeah, he's you know he's that's why I specifically remember you saying that too. So I'm like, this would like, this is perfect in a really fucked up way. But other than that, like again, the Kanye album "808s and Heartbreaks," one of the probably his most divisive album among fans. It is his it is his auto tune album, and it uh, you probably you're gonna you're gonna have heard one of the songs in there like the big single "Amazing." That, uh, well, oh, okay. I was yeah. gonna say, I is "Love Lockdown" on that one? It is. It is. I actually like that song. So yeah, this is. Um, I, I think you would like 808 and Heartbreaks. Well, we will see in, in the future at some point. Uh, I am on the side of history that says it is a good album and a uh, one of his most influential for sure uh, for music today. Like so, if you if you're going back in the Kanye discography, this is not the first one you should listen to, but I think is it. I think it's one that has aged better than you would think it think it would just because of how music has 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 come now like with autotune being incredibly prevalent in hip-hop for better or worse but uh other than that hip-hop wise there was ti's uh paper trails which is like ti's like fourth best album maybe but uh <laughs> it, it was kind of that's a, not yeah, saying much third, third or fourth uh, it was kind of his comeback album too. He had a rough go of it the last few. Uh, it was way. It, it's it's his pop rap album in a lot of ways. His big, his more pop rap album. Uh, Whatever you like was a was a big was a big single with a really with a really uh, good sample to it. Um, so it's a it's a decent album. I'm not a I'm not the hugest Ti fan in the world, but uh, I I think Paper Trail is pretty good. Nas, one of my all time favorite rappers, uh, released Untitled this year a solid project um some good like fried chicken and uh black president a lot of it was a very conscious rap song again at a time when conscious rap wasn't as popular by any stretch of the any stretch of the imagination and then like non-rap i was looking through i'm like oh yeah offsprings rise and fall patience and the grace came out that year and there are a few songs that i really liked on there like i mean you're gonna go far kid is probably is a fucking it's been played to death and it's still a good song. I like the song a lot. Uh, Christy, are you doing okay? Is a uh, very sad song about a person he knew suffered, that suffered from sexual abuse as a child. Uh, it's a, if you like offspring, I think it's a pretty good offspring album, uh, especially for coming out in 2008. But, uh, uh, rise against also released appeal to reason when I used to like this kind of music. Uh, it was a good rise against album. Really all there is to it. You, uh and that's you know that's kind of about it for music for me that year it's it's a rough one for me it's <sighs> like yeah. i even, even like the carter three and eight Ways and heartbreaks are albums that i have problems with and i would never put in my list of all-time favorites i just think they're very good albums very important album I th- this was big because we're coming toward the tail end of the bling rap era like i said so the, it's kind of like the big turning point albums you know and big swan songs as well as because like they were big albums that were like part of the time uh, like very of the time but moving just enough forward that they would you know bleed into the next era so 
Um, go ahead, Brittany. Tell us, tell us about your 2008. Oh, man. So even though I, I said in the beginning I wasn't going to talk about this stuff, it's kind of difficult because I may very well end up having nothing to talk about for 2008 if I don't mention. Um, <laughs> that 2008 was the year that I got into the Jonas Brothers. Um, so I feel like that is pretty uh, – it explains pretty well how bad of a year 2008 was for music for me. Um, and, and for the world, really, just like uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, even though it was a bad time, I'm not gonna try to be all hipster and be like, "Oh, I don't listen to this music now." No, you got like, you got to own that shit. No, I do own that yeah. shit. Like, I'm yeah. still I'm still a Joe Bro for life, <laughs> and I mean, there is rumors that they're gonna be getting back together, and if it is, you're gonna catch my ass at that show. But um. I mean, honestly, their um, a little bit longer album that came out that year was pretty dang good um, to the point where I was actually highly considering recommending it to John for his homework for this week. But I decided I would spare him, that even though little, he made me listen to yeah, Lil Wayne. That, I was going to say that would have been a Lil Wayne ass move if you'd done that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been that spiteful to you yet. Um <laughs> But I mean, other than that, you also have um, the debut album um, from Demi Lovato, which at the time I really, really loved. And honestly, to this day, I still kind of wish that she would go back to more of her pop rock roots because I'm not into her um, like shouty, like pop music. I honestly haven't even bothered listening to her most recent album yet, even though I heard from people that it's one of her best in years. I'll get around to it at some point. Um, But this is the better of her two self-titled albums um i don't know why somebody would do that uh apparently she tried to get away with it by one being called demi lovato and one just being called demi but it's still kind of the same thing um and then you got like other little things like the duchess um from fergie came out that year which was another fun album because like honestly who doesn't fucking love fergalicious it's a good song um it's just it's it's a song it's a song (laughs) you listen you want to know what else a song is don't trust me by 303 oh my god (laughs) i no, no i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and say that i didn't like that song at that point in my life so Uh, everybody did but i think now we can we can definitely admit to ourselves that it's a bad song and we were kind of trash for for liking it yeah we Um, we were part of the problem and and the even more problematic part about it is how into it everybody was of the lyric tell your boyfriend that if he's got beef that i'm a vegetarian and i ain't fucking scared of him like yeah everyone knew that everyone always sang that line every everyone one of the dumbest lyrics to come out in that decade i think not even just that year yeah um just from what i listened to obviously there's a very good possibility there's other stuff but um there was a really good album that came out that year um by thrice which was the continuation of the alchemy index um, I guess technically it's considered two vol- um, two albums because it was volumes three and four, Air and Earth. Um, those were pretty good. Um, I think that was also the year that Paramore had those two songs that were featured on the Twilight soundtrack, which is still to this day absolutely tragic, but it's um, one of them in particular. I caught myself was still one of my favorite songs of all time, probably in my top five Paramore songs. Okay. Um Another song that I feel like is probably worth mentioning just because everybody loves this song, Pocket Full of Sunshine by Natasha <laughs> Bedingfield. <laughs> the Easy A song. Yeah, I mean, which is funny because I feel like Easy A didn't come out until 
what, like 2012? Um, so, yeah, so like way past it, whatever. So. It maybe even later than that. It's just so funny to me that the song became way more popular because of that movie. And I feel like it wasn't even a big movie. It was just that one scene. Everybody knew that scene where she's in the shower listening to the stupid birthday card that her grandmother got her. Um, um, that's, that's kind of it though. I mean, one thing that I can say about 2008 is it brought us the, um, the debut album of one of the biggest acts that's still out there to this day. And I decided that I would actually save it for John's homework. Yeah. Um, It's, 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 it's a really big album. So it was yeah. also also this year brought us, you know, Coldplay's Viva La Vida. So we can that, all we, we can all thank the we can all thank 2008 for that fucking song. <laughs> and let's not let's not pretend that everybody didn't love that song at first, too, but it became played out real fucking quick. Um, I, Coldplay. <laughs> I don't like them either. I just maybe like two songs and that's pretty much it. But um, so back to the homework, um, I decided to go with. The Fame by Lady Gaga. Um, it's a big album. It's a fucking huge album. And to be honest, like, I still love it to this day. Um, this this may end up being a case where it's a little bit dated as far as pop music goes. But it's still just so much fun to listen to. I mean, Lady Gaga, back in her good old kooky days. Um, not my favorite of hers. My favorite would actually be the fame monster, but this was still a good one leading up to it. And it's definitely what got me into her right from the start. So I'm sure you've heard a good amount of these songs, John, but I doubt you ever actually listened to this from front to back. So I feel like it would be a good adventure for you to go on. Yeah. I, I have never had anything against Lady Gaga. She's very talented. Um, I, I know this album does not have my favorite Lady Gaga song, bad romance on it, but, uh, um, I've definitely heard a good chunk of the song of this album. I'm looking forward to listening to it again because I haven't heard them a lot of them in a while, especially like fucking Poker Face or Just Dance. Is it Just Dance? Yeah, Just Dance. Yeah, yeah so I'm curious to see how they hold up. Um, uh, because I've liked following. I, I've liked her career progression. It has been a. Very, it's been very interesting seeing how she's evolved as an artist and as a person since this album com- came out ten years ago. So, um. Uh, I am not at all turned off by this homework, so you know, don't feel bad for giving it to me. But uh, I, my my options were very limited, John. Yeah. You're just very lucky that you came out of this having to listen to a Lady Gaga album <laughs> and not a Jonas Brothers one. That would have been rough. I would have done it, <laughs> but it would have been rough. Uh, for you, I wanted to make it up to you for making you listen to the Carter Three, and it just so happened that I felt like it was an album account this year that um, I haven't mentioned yet that uh, would do just that. It is life. Give, when when life gives you lemons, you paint that shit gold by atmosphere. And, oh, okay. And atmosphere. I don't know if you ever listened to them before or heard of them. Uh, they are an underground rap duo. That uh, more uh, duos kind of one's the DJ, DJ Ant, and then Slug the uh, the uh, MC. And it is conscious rap through and through. It is some some of the best uh, songwriting you'll hear in a lot of hip hop when it came just comes to storytelling. Just very vivid, vivid storytelling. Uh, when you listen to this album, I do I would recommend you know to just listen to the, the lyrics are you know what will make a lot of the songs. Um, it is 
they, they it touched it touches a lot of personal heavy subjects at times. Uh, yeah, it's it, the album feels very personal. It feel it feels very much about uh, one person. It doesn't feel like you know tackling like huge global subjects. It, they're tackling like everyday subjects, um, and it's a it's a great album. They it's unfortunate that they are not more popular than they are. Um, uh, yeah, I do. I hope you like it. Uh, I hope you can at least appreciate uh, some of what they're trying to do. And I mean, it, I'm I'm definitely very curious because I don't even feel like I've heard the name Atmosphere before. Yeah, they are again. They're very they're underground. They have a lot. They've had a decent amount of projects come out. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite. God loves Ugly came out a few years prior. I think that might be my. It's it's between those two. That's kind of those two. They're two big ones. Um, but the people that do know them tend to hold them in very high regard. This will, if you do like this, this will give you, and you, uh, you can always pull out the atmosphere card that, that give you some street cred, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cause I'm dying for some of that. Yeah. Uh, even though I don't even know how much people, how many people on the street know, just know about atmosphere. I mean, don't get me tempted. I might just start running through the streets of Philadelphia asking if people know who Atmosphere is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I'll, I'll get locked up real quick and sent yeah. to the ward. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you know Atmosphere? What? Do you know Atmosphere? <laughs> and uh, it, so I also had to give you a long title for once, you know, and make it up for the uh, first album you gave me. But uh, <laughs> I, I also think it's a really good long title. It's a really good dumb joke. But uh, I hope you like it. So that's and that's probably gonna do it for our show, Brittany. Our uh, trip back in time. Uh, not the not the best one. I'm hoping that next time <laughs> we, we can maybe dig up some old gold and instead of just like a nice like maybe blue ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird, you know, trying try to drum up drum up uh, enthusiasm for a bunch of albums I don't really care that much about it anymore. Uh, it was oh, also sure. it's it's a good thing we did it because we got out of the way we never have to do it again <laughs> yeah you never have to l- listen to Lil Wayne again at least maybe <laughs> at least maybe not an album of his so uh, yeah so next week or the next show whenever that may be hopefully we'll get, get one out sooner this time um, we'll be we're going to be back to present uh, we'll have a few track by tracks on some more recent albums you know so <laughs> Uh, until then, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Peace. Tongues always pressed to your cheeks while my tongue is on the inside of some other girl's teeth. You tell your boyfriend if he says he's got beef that I'm a vegetarian and I ain't scared of him. She doesn't touch me, she wants me, love me.